الحمد للہ وسلام that that person who does their tazkiyah purifies their heart and their nafs kad aflaha aflaha falah falah means that success after which there is no failure that gain after which there is no loss that victory after which there is no setback that happiness after which there is no sadness in Arabic this is called falah hence Allah Ta'ala calls us for salah hayyal al-falah Hence Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, Kad aflaha al-mu'minun. Here Allah Ta'ala says in Qur'an, Kad aflaha man That that person who does their tazkiyah, they will be happy, they will be content, they will be secure, they will be safe, they will be triumphant. And if they fail to do their tazkiyah, they will end up sad, they will slip, they will fall, they will fail, they will falter. After they do their tazkiyah, then... Then after purifying themselves, then they take the name of their Rabb. Then when they make zikr of the name of their Rabb Allah, then the zikr of this name Allah will have an effect on their heart. Allah SWT said in Quran, Full of barakah is the name of your Rabb. So now after Nantaskiya, they can get the barakah of this name. Then, Fasallah. And after that, when they pray salah, and those who know Arabic grammar, here fa is for tertib, means fa means after, and then, and thereafter. So first they did tazkiyah, then they did zikr, and then fasallah, then they prayed salah. Then that salah will be what Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa said, as-salatu miraj al-mu'min. Our problem is, is that we pray, so we're talking to a group of people, 90 or 95% of you actually pray five times a day. So what type of bayan should I give you? Actually what you need to realize is that even though you're praying, the prayer isn't changing you. Even though you're praying, the praying doesn't fix you. Because in our line, so many people come to us complaining that they have this sin, they have that sin, they have lust, they have greed, they have anger. And the vast majority of people who come to me, they pray five times a day. As long as they don't pray. They're praying. They say, I pray five times salah. Maybe some of them have prayer plus ilm. Some of them have prayer plus some khidmat or dawat of deen. But still they have sin. But why? It's a question. When Allah said in Quran, Inna salata tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. That indeed salah stops a person from fahsha, from lewd, crude, immodest sin from munkar, from those things which are rejected, repudiated. So why do I have these things still happen? Because inna salah, the as-salah there means that salah which were played after tazkiyah and zikr. 
that if you had purified yourself, made zikr of Allah Ta'ala, then prayed salah, that salah would have changed you. That salah would have uplifted you. That salah would have transformed you. That's why the salihin, muttaqeen, mu'mineen, every single time they pray salah, they get daraja. They get darajat. That's why when you sit with the real ulama and awliya, when they're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, you can feel the extra nur in them. You can feel, that's why we call them our akabir. Not because they were elder in age. Now what we have is a lot of people in our communities who are elder in age, but they're not senior in taqwa. They're not senior in zikr. They're not senior in their tasir, their effect of their sohbah. They're just elders in age. Alhamdulillah, we respect our elders as well in terms of them being elders in age. But why did people get this feeling around those who were 50s, 60s, 70s and call them akabir? Because of this. Because every single salah brought them a daraja. And they had prayed for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of their life because they were people of tazkiyah and zikr. So when you sit with those great awliya and mashayikh, even just being with them changes a person. Hence Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanatakullaha wa kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. Kunu, simply be with them. Simply sit with them. Simply be in their company. They're just being with them will have an effect on you. Why? Like we see in science, and when you take an ordinary piece of steel and put it next to a magnet, so that steel had no magnetism. But when it stayed near the magnet, it also got magnetism. It also got magnetic attraction. Just like that, these people who are tazkiyah and zikr, and when they pray salah, they get that nur. So their heart has a magnetic attraction to Allah Ta'ala. Their hearts are attracted to Allah, and Allah Ta'ala is attracted to their hearts. And when you sit with them, you get the same attraction that your heart also starts feeling more attracted to Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Your heart feels more attracted to the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Your heart feels more attracted to this tazkiyah, to zikr, to taqwa, to ibadah, to a'mal, to adab, to akhlaq, because their heart was attracted to these things. So then there, it's contagious. Actually what happens is deen is contagious. Our problem is some of us have become allergic. Hmm? Allergic? Allergic to taqwa. Huh? Allergic to sunnah, allergic to tahajjud. All these things are contagious. How will you catch that infection? You will catch it when you sit with somebody who is a person who knows Allah more than you do, who loves Allah Ta'ala more than you do, who remembers Allah Ta'ala more than you do, who wants Allah Ta'ala more than you do. When you sit with them, it's contagious. So this is a tertib Allah Ta'ala mentioned for falah. Man tazakka wa dhakarasma rabbihi fasallah. And here there's a wow. So it means and. So there's no tertib. means tazkiyah and zikr of the name of Allah. These two things go together. When these two things are done together, fa. And then thereafter fasallah. And then they make salah. Then they make salah. Then salah is their miraj. That's why our great Imam al-Rabbani, Shaykh Amr Hindi Mujaddad al-Fasani, he wrote that the asal ibadah is salah. And only the beginner makes, needs to make the zikr kalbi because that's for their tazkiyah and that's for their zikr. Then once they get a pure heart and a zakir heart and their heart gets what he called fanai kalbi, their heart is always in love and remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, he says now they will get more benefit from reciting Qur'an, tilawah to Qur'an. Why? Because now when they recite Qur'an with a heart, then their heart will get the nur of every verse of Qur'an. And then he says, when they do that, then they move to the third stage, which is the greatest benefit they will get is from praying salah. 
Then he says, all they should do is just pray Nafil Salah. And if you look at Sahaba Ikram, they were on this intiha. They had reached that end state. That's why for Sahaba, the only zikr was Salah. They would pray all the night. They would pray half the night, two-thirds the night, one-third the night. Oh, Allah Ta'ala mentions their praying of Salah in the night in Quran. They would pray Salah in the day, Ishraq, Chash, I mean, Salat al-Duha, Awabin, Nawafil. This was all their zikr was because they had passed the stage of Tazkiyah. They had passed the stage of zikr. They were exclusively on Fasallah. But me and you aren't at that level. Because me and you pray even Fard Salah, we feel nothing. Hmm? Forget trying to feel something in Nafil Salah. We are the people who pray Fard Salah and feel nothing. We are the people who pray Fard Salah and still sin. So we're way, way behind Sahab Ikram. So we're on that first stage, Man we must do tazkiyah of ourselves and we must remember the name of our Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. Well, Allah subhanahu gave us two blessings and both of these two need to be purified. Allah ta'ala gave us a heart and a mind. The reason Allah ta'ala gave us a mind was to fill that mind with the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala and thoughts about Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And the reason Allah Ta'ala gave us a heart was to fill the heart with feelings of love, feelings of fear, feelings for Allah Ta'ala and zikr of Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So mind exists only to have knowledge of Allah Ta'ala and thoughts of Allah Ta'ala. Heart exists only to have feelings for Allah Ta'ala and to have remembrance for Allah Ta'ala. So if you want to know how much my tazkiyah is there, What's my level of tazkiyah? Just look in your mind. How much does your mind have knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How much does your mind have thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And look into your heart. How much does your heart feel feelings for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And how much does your heart have the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And if you find that no, even in salah, my mind is not thinking about Allah ta'ala. Even in salah, my heart is not feeling for Allah ta'ala. Let alone out there, my mind is never having knowledge of Allah Ta'ala. My heart is never remembering Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. means we're just in the beginning. We're at 0% tazkiyah. 0%. Complete ibtida. Completely at the beginning. And again, I'm talking to the people who pray five times a day. Hmm? Yes? I don't think you can fool me. That by pray or you look like this, we know what you do. Because we get all the stories. We get all the cases. We work in the field. We know what you do at home. We know how you behave with your spouses. We know what you do at night. We know what you do in business. Gerber. Huh? Gerber. This is the problem with the ummat. Achi log gerber karne. Bure log gerber karne. Samaj me aata hai. Problem with our ummah today is that good people are doing bad things. Good people are doing bad things. New type of ummah. Good people doing bad things. Musallin ghair muttaqeen. Ghair salihin muttaqeen. Oh, ghair salihin musallin. Ghair muttaqeen musallin. In fact, we have another problem. And it's in a few other countries, but it's also coming up in the UK. And it's been going up for some time. غير صالح حافظ غير متقي حافظ Yes That you are very interested in hifs You actually overrated hifs The amount of effort you push Make in making your children hafiz, But then you don't put even equal It should be greater effort In making them صالح and متقي It's a big problem in the Gujarati Indian Muslim community in the UK
You're obsessed with making your child hafiz. You're not obsessed with making him salih, with making him muttaqi, with making him wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore we find, alhamdulillah, there are lots of salih, righteous, pious hufaz. But we find every time we come, a rise in the increase of ghair salih hafiz. Hafiz plus zina. Yes, we have cases like this. Hafiz plus murder. I have cases like that. Hafiz plus not able to control the gaze. Hafiz plus missing Fajr Salah. Hafiz, missing Fajr Salah. Yes, Hafiz plus anger. Hafiz plus divorce. You have created a new breed of Hafiz. UK Muslim community. Yes, new breed. (laughs) It's strange, it's a big problem. (laughs) Let me explain to you very clearly. That Hafiz who is Saleh Muttaki, that Hafiz will go straight to Jannah. That Hafiz who shows up on the Day of Judgment with sins they didn't make Tawbah before, will burn in Jahannam for those sins longer than the Ghair Hafiz will. Well, they will burn longer. <laughs> You're Hafiz. <laughs> you should have known better. They will burn longer. So you think you're so happy that you made your son a Hafiz. If your son is not Saleh, if he's non-practicing, non-obedient, you're actually making a system where your children will burn longer in the fire of Jahannam than those children who are not Hafiz. Yes? You have this deception, obsession. It's a delusion. It's a delusion. No, don't get me wrong, Kair Sahib is here. Nazneona. We're very happy with the teachers who are teaching hifs. We're very happy that there are lots of hifs classes. Mashallah, you have so many hufas now that four, four rakats in Taraweeh or two, two rakats in Taraweeh. Alhamdulillah. But the question is, where is the effort to make every single hafiz saleh and muttaki? If you don't make that effort, please don't make your children hafiz. There's some children here, I tell you openly. If you're only memorizing Quran because your parents forced you to and you have no intention to learn Quran, to love Qur'an, to live Qur'an, to serve Qur'an, please do not memorize Qur'an. Do not memorize it unless you intend to love it and live it your whole life. Take, take my name to your teachers and parents and tell them that he came and he told us we should not be doing hifs because we have no intention whatsoever to ever love this Qur'an or to ever live this Qur'an or to ever learn this Qur'an or to ever serve this Qur'an. Then do not memorize Qur'an. Do not memorize it. It will be a big torment for you. It will be a big trial for you. Yes, on the one hand, when we meet a case like this, we hope that, okay, since they're hafiz, inshallah, they'll come out of that sin. But I'm telling you, practically, that's not the case. Not every one of them comes out. For every one who comes to me, there are probably a hundred who never come to me or anyone else. Maybe, yes, the one who comes to me or comes to other ulama and mashayikh, we're able to take them out. And maybe, yes, we'll even say that we took them out due to the barakah of their hifs. We won't attribute it to ourselves. But I'm telling you factually, for every one that we're, every hafiz who's sinning, that we take out of sin, there are a hundred that stay in that sin their whole life. So you have to think as a community, as parents, because there are quite a few elders here. You must spread this word to your own families, your friends, your cousins. That it's not enough to make your child a hafiz. And if you make your child a hafiz, you better be doubly, triply sure you make him salim muttaki. I was in South Africa, I was telling them, if it was up to me, you would only let them memorize 20 juz. And after that, hold them back. <laughs> and say, you won't teach your child the next 10 juz until we show his muttaki salim. First we'll make him wali, then we'll complete the hifs. Yes, 
First, give us a few more years. When we're confirmed that he's wali of Allah Ta'ala, then we'll make him memorize the next 10 years. He'll be hafiz. We'll send him back to you as hafiz. Hmm? But you can't do that, I know, because the parents will just take him out and put him somewhere else. <laughs> They'll just take him out and put him in another madrasa. And he'll complete the other 10 for him. Hmm? So this is a problem. Because I'm telling you, salah and still not taqwa. Hifs and still not taqwa. Going on umrah, coming back, still not taqwa. Or people going on hajj and coming back, still not taqwa. Now, unless you say these things aren't the case, if you know and you know in your heart this is the case, then can you imagine how much we need this tazkiyah? That people are taking it lightly. It's another problem. Same thing. People who pray salah, they think they don't need tazkiyah. People who have some ilm, their alim, their mother's a graduate, they think they don't need tazkiyah. People do work of dawah, they think they don't need tazkiyah. This is a big problem. <laughs> Big problem, big misconception, big misconception. Once a person, he tried to tell me that nay, tazke ek line hai, or make us your line mein. Allah akbar kal aflaha man tazakka. What are you talking about? It's not a line. <laughs> it's not some optional thing. It's not some branch of khidmat of deen that, okay, somebody works for Gaza, I do tabliq, I teach ilm, this one does tazkiya. This is not in that category of khidmat of deen. It's not like that. This is a separate, mustaqil aspect of deen. It's a part of nubuwa. When Allah Ta'ala sent Nabiya Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, لَكَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ That indeed Allah Ta'ala sent His tremendous, gracious favor on the believers. إِذْ بَعْثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ When He sent to them a prophet from their own midst, لِيَتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ To recite to them the verses of Qur'an. So who was the Prophet first reciting Qur'an to? Sahaba Ikram. All those Sahaba understood 100% meaning of Qur'an. So they were hearing Qur'an from the Prophet They understood Qur'an al-Kareem. Well, Allah tells the Prophet it's not enough. It's not enough even that they understand Qur'an. Well, you zakki him, you have to do their tazkiyah. You have to do their tazkiyah so you imprint and implant the feelings of Qur'an in their heart. That's a separate effort. It's part of the nubuat of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa it's the work of the Anbiya. The work of the Anbiya is mentioned. Allah Ta'ala is tell us what's the work of Anbiya. لَيَتْنُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ kitab And teach them this Qur'an. They must get deep meanings of Qur'an. وَالْحِكْمَةِ And you must teach them the Sunnah. This is called Islam. This is our deen. Our deen is all taken from Qur'an and Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is the function. There's no question of line that somebody says, I'm talawat wala, I'm tazkiyah wala, I'm talimu kitab wala, I'm talimu hikmah wala. No, all four. You have to do all four. This is the teaching of the Prophet. Allah sent the Prophet to teach us these things. Every single believer in the entire ummah must get these four things. Now we may get them at different levels. Somebody may only get the first one at basic tajweed and somebody may become a big qari, but they must get it at some level. Somebody may get their basic tazkiyah, at least they're able to stay away from sin. And somebody may become the wali of Allah Ta'ala. Somebody will just get basic ilm of Qur'an. They may not even know the whole translation of Qur'an. But through bayanat, through Juma khutbah, they basically get the knowledge of Qur'an. Love for Allah Ta'ala, fear of Allah Ta'ala, love for Prophet Sallam, controlling anger. All of the topics of Qur'an, they will understand it. And same thing, but then there will be some believers who become mufassirun, who become great scholars of Qur'an. And there will be a believer who gets at least some understanding of sunnah and seerah, the basic hidayat from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. And another person will become a muhaddith. 
But all four things every single believer has to do. Then tazakka. They have to purify their heart. Hence Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Yomala Yanfa Umalan Wala Banun, Illaman Atallaha Bikalbin Salim. That no one be successful on that day. You bring all your ilm on that day, unsuccessful unless you have Kalbun Salim. You bring all the work you did for Gaza, unsuccessful unless you have Kalbun Salim. You bring all the work you did for community, all the work you did in dawah, all the work you did in charity, whatever it is, a person will be unsuccessful. Illa, the only one who will be successful on that day, man atallaha biqalbin salim, who brings to Allah Ta'ala that pure heart. Either that it was kept pure their whole life through taqwa, or they made it pure again, purified it through tazkiyah. That's what tazkiyah means, to purify Either taqwa or tazkiyah. That's it. There's only, there's no other way to get a pure heart. There's no other way. All the ilm in the world, ilm, I'm telling you, mufti, all the ilm in the world is not going to help unless you have taqwa. If you don't have taqwa, okay, you can make up for that by doing tazkiyah. Everyone has to do this. This is part of deen. Now, if a person says, I'm 100% already on taqwa, I say, fine, you don't need tazkiyah. In fact, I would say you need to teach people tazkiyah. If you're 100% on taqwa, you should be teaching tazkiyah. You should be helping others to get on this taqwa. So Allah SWT said in Quran, كَلْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى Our Hazrat Idam Barakatuhu Ali once he said a strange thing, that for hifazat al-deen, for the preservation of deen, we need ilm. Because when you have the ilm, when knowledge exists, the deen will be preserved. That's why you see all the great awliya, ulama, mashayikh, they always wanted to establish darlulum. At least there should be some darlulums, right? Because when you have ilm, you have hifazat al-deen. And if you don't have knowledge, people will go astray. But for hifazat al-iman, for hifazat al-iman, you need tazkiyah. Why? Because even an alim can make a mistake. What does iman mean? Iman is like the attributes of Iman. Let's take one example, one hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Al-Haya'u Iman. Another riwayah, another narration, he said, Al-Haya'u shu'batu mil Iman. That Haya is Iman. Haya is a branch of Iman. So for hifazat of Iman, it's not just enough to have ilm. There are people who know, all of us have enough ilm. Who doesn't know the knowledge about we're supposed to lower our gaze? Who doesn't know that those things on the screen we're not supposed to be looking at? Who doesn't have that ilm? We all have that ilm. That knowledge is not enough to save our iman. Yes, if the ilm was lost and the deen would be lost, people wouldn't even know they had to do this. Right? That's why you find people who don't have knowledge, they're astray. Because they don't actually know how Allah Ta'ala wants them to be. But once you know, it's not enough. The only person who can actually practice haya lower the gaze, save themselves from the lustful feeling, is the person of tazkiyah. They have to purify their heart from unlawful lust. Otherwise, and you will all know this factually, until and unless you purify your heart from that unlawful feeling, you won't be able to stop from that sinful action. You won't be able to stop. It's not because you don't know. Of course you know. Knowledge has nothing to do with it. Hifazat al-Iman is based on tazkiyah. Ajeeb baat. Hifazat al-Deen ilm se hota hai aur hifazat al-Iman tazkiyah se hota hai. Allah Akbar. The ulama and awliya, their custodians, guardians of the deen, 
They're guardians of everything. So we have to have this tazkiyah. Make our mind full of the knowledge and thoughts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make our heart full of the love and remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, let's say you have one, you don't have the other, even that's a problem. If a person in their heart, they have love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, feelings for Allah ta'ala, and they have zikr, but their mind doesn't have knowledge, that's how people ended up on bidah. They ended up astray. So there were some people, for example, in their heart, they truly had true love for Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They had the true feeling. And they had a lot of remembrance. They had true love for making Durood Sharif salawat on the Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But in their mind, they didn't have the knowledge. They didn't have the knowledge, so they went astray. They went astray. Okay, then there's another type of people. In their mind, they have the knowledge. But in their heart, they don't have the love. That's another problem. If in your mind you have knowledge, and in your heart you don't have love, you end up on ujub, kibur, takabur. They ended up on pride, arrogance. That's why even those ulama, normally we don't share with you in public, but those ulama who if they don't have the love in their heart, then you, they can lash out even at each other. They can lash out at each other. They can write pamphlets against each other. They even write things that are sometimes factually incorrect, but they're gone. <laughs> they get so caught up. Hmm? Strange. They're lions without hearts. Oliya hmm? are lions with hearts. Uh, it's a difference. It's a difference. So it's a problem to have one without the other. That's why in our deen we have to have both. We have to have both. Our Mashaikh say that shaitan had this problem. He had knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He had thoughts about his relationship with Allah ta'ala. But he didn't have love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh he writes that shaitan was an abid. Shaitan was an alim. Shaitan was an arif. But shaitan wasn't an ashik. He didn't have love. If he loved, then whatever Allah Ta'ala said, he would have obeyed. Because the Arabs, they say, Al-Muhibbu liman ahabba muti'un. That the lover ultimately is obedient to their beloved. So if Allah Ta'ala said, make sadda to Adam alayhi salam, Allah said, no problem. You more beloved of mine, whatever you tell me to do, you want me to make sadda to him, I make sadda to him. Hmm? He didn't have ishq, so he was on that other problem. Other problem. So actually, overall, this is a big difference between us today and the people of the past. Between us today and the people of the past. I'm going to mention to you a few differences our Mashaikh and ulama, they've pointed out. First difference is that people today are so caught up in understanding the world around them. So much research, science, technology, even average believers always watching the news, always going to current events, always trying to understand what's happening. Hmm? So it means that people today are always trying to understand creation. What's going on in makhluk? What's happening in makhluk? Or scientifically, what are the origins of makhluk? What's the details of makhluk? A lot of research. Labs, conversations, newspapers, news, internet, Wikipedia, all the time. Everybody's effort is to understand makhluk. The early mu'mineen and the muttaqeen, salihin, awliya mu'mineen, they put all that effort into understanding the khaliq. They put all that effort into understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aaj log makhluk ke marafat ki peche lagay. Hamara akabar khaliq ki marafat ki peche lagte the. Now I want you to understand literally as much as every single commentator 
may understand about what's happening in the world, as much as every single economist understands about the monies of the world, as much as every single Nobel Prize winner in history understood about the science of the world, infinitely more than that our Akabar understood about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's how much marifat they had of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You can just see, even our ulama, we never, many times we give you this example, that although you're from Wikipedia generation, but before there was something called Encyclopedia Britannica, that was 20 volumes, and to write that, not one person, it took two, three hundred of the world's leading professors. Two, three hundred of the world leading professors. What is Encyclopedia Britannica? It's a monofit of Mukhluk. It has entries and everything to do with creation. Hmm? So it took three hundred of them to come up with that. And look at our great ulama, one alam Imam al-Razi or Imam al-Tabari or Imam al-Lusi can write twenty volume tafsir of Quran. One person. Hmm? For them, when they're trying to write their marifat of creation, it takes 300 of them to come up with 20 volumes. And for us, one alam of deen, what is he writing? Marifat of the Quran, marifat of kalamullah, which means marifat of Allah SWT, deep, intimate knowledge of Quran, one mufassir, 20 volumes. Hmm? It's a difference. It's a big difference. Hmm? Big difference between us and them. Second difference is that me and you and people of today, they spend all their efforts on the dunya. They fill their hearts and minds with dunya, the believers of today. Their mind is always in thoughts about dunya. Always they want more knowledge of dunya. They want more skills in dunya. They want to know more about business. They want to know more about the market. All the time they're trying to fill their mind with knowledge and thoughts of dunya. Therefore their heart is filled with dreams and hopes of the dunya. Always planning, dreaming for better car, better home, better money, more shop, more business, more factory. All the time. All the time. And then university crowd, all the time trying to get more degrees, more promotions, more careers. And the early believers and the awliya mu'mineen, muttaqeen mu'mineen, all of their hope and dream and effort was for akhirah. As much effort as me and you put in our dunya, even more effort than that they put in their akhirah. Their dream home was in akhirah. Their dream home wasn't here. It's amazing sometimes people here, they're so crazy about having a home. They're so desperate to own their own home. Even some of them will go and get completely wrong fatwas. 100% I guarantee you. Anybody who told you this fatwa, that it's okay to take an interest loan for just one house, that's the home you live in, that's 100% wrong. I don't know where in the world some ulama in England got this idea. Absolutely 100% wrong. 110,000% wrong. There's no way you can take an interest-bearing loan just for the sake of the one house at least I get my own home. No way. You don't like paying rent? Too bad. Pay rent. No problem. Your uncle is telling you what's the point of paying rent? I might as well get the loan. Every month I pay the loan payment. At least I get the house at the end. Why should I pay rent every month? It's going nowhere. It's going somewhere. It's going somewhere. It's giving you shelter for one month. Who confused you with this idea that your rent goes nowhere? That you're throwing money away? Did you not live in that house for one month? Did you not get that shelter for one month? Did you not get something for paying that monthly rent? Why are you crazy to think it goes nowhere? Yes, at the end of the day, you won't own the house. No problem. So what? So what? You can spend your whole life renting. There's nothing wrong with that. 
There's nothing wrong. If you don't have the money, you spend your whole life renting. So be it. And your children, your children also spend their whole life renting. No problem. Better than renting a house in Jahannam for yourself. Yes, when you take that interest-bearing loan and you pay that mortgage off on your one home, every month you pay that interest, you are renting a space in Jahannam for yourself. You want to rent a home in Jahannam or you want to rent a home in Dunya? That's your choice. Let me wake you up to the reality. And that Mulana who told you you can do it, he will run from you on the Day of Judgment when you try to present him. He's not going to save you. That's the Day of Judgment. That people will run from their own blood brothers. Then Malana will no way be able to save you on the Day of Judgment. It's a big mistake. Big mistake. Your dream home is in Akhirah. You want to build a house for yourself in Akhirah. If you stay away from interest, and if that means you have to rent, but you do it for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, I am sitting in masjid in state of wudu, that Allah Ta'ala will build you a palace in Jannah. Yes. Which dream home do you want? If you get, even if you manage to get your dream home in this world, how long can you live in it? How many years will you live in it? Huh? Let's say you say, no, you got it really young when you're 30. Okay, so you die when you're 80. 50 years. 50 years at most you can live in your dream home in this world. You know how long you will live in your dream home in Akhirah? Hmm? Billions and trillions of years isn't even enough to understand the concept of infinity, eternity, forever. Hmm? Forever. You want to lose your dream home? That's the real property. People here, they're crazy about property also. And a lot of the Muslims in UK, they made their money through haram property. Yes. We know what you did. Some of you, or some of the people in the community, you took interest loan, you got a property, house, and you rented the house out, and you used the rent you got to pay back the loan. Then the house was yours. Then you went to bank again, you said, I own the house, so I have now equity. So they gave you another loan, you got another property. Most of the Muslims in this country who have these three, four, five properties, illa mashallah, most of them got it through haram interest. They will only understand in akhirat what type of properties they lost. <laughs> they won't understand. <laughs> they can't understand because this is the problem. Today are focusing on dunya. They're focusing on their success in dunya. So they go for two, three, four, five, six, seven properties. The early mu'maneen, they don't look at these things. <laughs> they were focusing on akhirah. All their hopes and dreams and aspirations were for akhirah. It's a very different way of life. These are just words. You can't understand it until you experience it. What it means to live your hayat dunya for the sake of akhirah. As opposed to living hayat dunya for the sake of dunya. It's a totally different feeling. It's a totally different lifestyle. It's a totally different outlook. And Allah Ta'ala put so much sukood in this lifestyle, I can't tell you. Our Shaykh, he once said, that if the kings of the world knew how much sukoon there is on this path, they would come with their armies and try to capture the sukoon from our heart. Allah Akbar. Ajeeb. Their difference is that today we are so busy constantly giving ghiza, nutrition, to our akal and to our jism and to our nafs. All the time that's all we do. You see people that they just want to eat all the time or they want to have conversation all the time. All the time that's what they want. Either they're eating, feeding their body, or they want constantly people to be talking around them. Before this used to be a state of the women. 
we call in Urdu Batuni. But now I notice it's the state of men. Men are extremely Batuni. Yes? The same person who can't stay and make two minutes dua after salah, if somebody wants to chat him up out there, he can, you can chat him up for ten minutes easily, no problem. He's happy to stand and chat with you in the parking lot. Sometimes he'll be happy to chat with you all the way from Asr to Maghrib. He can't sit in beyond from Asr to Maghrib. But you want to chat him up, he's ready to chat. He can chat for hours. Hours and hours he can chat. So much chatting. So much talking. Feeding their akal. Feeding their akal. Commenting, discussing, analyzing. Hmm? And the rest of the time they like to do eating. Either eating or talking. So it means they're feeding their akal and feeding their body all the time. Early mu'mineen. And muttaqeen, salihin, awliya mu'mineen. They give ghaza to their ruh all the time. They're feeding their ruh and their kalb all the time. Trying to do ibadah whenever they're free. Having good adab and akhlaq whenever they're free. Doing work of deen whenever they're free. All the time they're feeding their ruh. So we have overdosed our bodies and overdosed our mind. And we have undernourished kalb, undernourished ruh. And they, many of them were thin. This is written in the books. Many of them were slightly undernourished physically. Yes, but they were over super strength and a lot of strong nourishment to their ruh and their kalb. Hmm? We normally tell the young people like this, that you have a turbocharged body and nafs and a 1cc kalb. Hmm? 1cc kalb. And they had turbocharged kalb and ruh. And they were walking around with 10cc bodies. Yes. Ajeeb. They, it's written in books that they used to only have to go to the bathroom every other day. If they had to go to the bathroom every day, that was viewed as they were sick and they would go to Hakim and say, I have to go to the bathroom. You understand? Number two. You know about number one and number two. They had to defecate only once every two days. Hmm? If they started defecating every day, they would go to Hakim and say, I'm sick. And today, mashallah. Huh? They can go to the bathroom two, three times a day. Oh, mashallah, they keep magazines in their bathrooms. I visited recently some... There was a magazine rack next to toilet. Oh, our sheikh says that it's supposed to be Betul Khala. They made it Betul Khala. They treat it like that. That's how much time they spend. That's he like spending time in the bathroom. Can you imagine? The bathroom is a place of just taking out your najasa and coming out. Look, they don't feel the musnoon du'as. They may even say the musnoon du'a. But they don't realize the meaning. They don't feel the feeling. They actually like to sit there. They take their newspaper there. This is the condition of people. Can you imagine the condition of people? Hmm? It's a sheep. <laughs> it's a t- tragic fall of humanity. Tragic fall of mu'mineen. That we reach this level. Hmm? To overnourish their bodies and undernourish their ruh. But early believers... And you know what happens? I'll give you an example. If you don't have breakfast and you have a tough day at work, so you feel a bit weak, right? And you say, I couldn't perform so well at work. If you don't eat, you won't be able to lift things. Just like that, if you don't give your ruh, its ibadah, its nourishment, you will find it difficult to lower your gaze. That's the work of the ruh. You will find it difficult to control your tongue. You will find it difficult to do these spiritual things, because you didn't give ruh its ibadah. So the ruh is weak. The ruh is undernourished. It's not strong. You can't do the things Allah Ta'ala wants us to do. Just like if your body was undernourished, your body wouldn't be able to function. This is what happens to people. 
Because they don't do their tazkiyah. They don't do a'mal salih They don't make the zikr of Allah SWT. You won't be able to lower your gaze out there. You think that just by praying two quick rakats of sunnah and praying fajr in the masjid without any feeling at all, that's enough to make you last until zuhr? Hmm? How about if I take your nasta away and I give you just one cookie and see if you can last till zuhr? That's it, that's all you got. It's not enough. <laughs> it won't be enough for you. But this is the difference between us and them. Fourth difference is that today, what do we do is we base all of our decisions and our feelings on dunya. What does it mean that when we see a person, if they're happy, I'm talking about people praying in the masjid. Sometimes you see them in the masjid and they're sad. You ask them, why are you sad? 99% it's not deen, it's dunya. Their sadness and happiness is based on dunya. So I ask, why are you sad? They say, oh, I had a problem at work, I had a problem this, I had a problem that. Their happiness and sadness is based on dunya. Hmm? If you see him happy, you ask him, why, why are you happy? It's some dunya reason. He'll give you some dunya reason why he's happy. That things went well, he had made a good sale, somebody visited him. It's always based on dunya and makhluk. The happiness and sadness of the believers today is based on dunya and makhluk. Early believers and the muttaqeen, salihin, mu'mineen, their happiness and sadness was based on deen and khalaq. Their happiness and sadness, if you saw them sad, why are you sad? So, oh, I missed my tahajjud today. Why are you sad? Oh, I misspoke with somebody today. And even though I apologize to them, I'm feeling so bad. Why are you sad? Oh, I forgot to return an amanat to a person on time last year. And I gave it back to them one day late. And still one year later, I feel sad. Yes, like that. <laughs> Their sadness and happiness was based on deen and khalaq. Our happiness and sadness is based on dunya and makhluk. Big difference. Even the people who pray. I'm telling you, ask anyone. You'll see next time. Ask him when you see you sad. Ask him why you sad. I guarantee you, 99% chance, the answer has something to do with dunya and makhluk. Hmm? It's a big difference. <laughs> big difference from the way we're supposed to be. Fifth difference is that today, we base everything on our akal. Always using our mind to decide what I think, hmm? what I understand. Very different. What does it mean that what is good for us and what is bad for us, we decide with our mind. Early believers and muttaqeen, salihin, awliya, mu'mineen, they use their heart. What is good for them and what is bad for them, they ask their heart. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Istafti kalbak that you should ask your heart. Your heart will tell you. Allah Ta'ala inspired us with a conscience. We know deep down what is good and what is bad, what is harm and what is benefit. But many people they don't listen to their heart. And sometimes their heart is screaming. They use their akal, it's okay, I'll just do the deal this way. They use this akal, okay, I'll just line this way. He says, Akal, I would engage in false marketing this way. They use their Akal, it's okay, I'll just look this one last time. They use their Akal, I will just try this one last time. They use their Akal. Inside the heart is screaming. Inside the heart is screaming. You don't listen to our heart. Hmm? Another difference between us and the early believers is that we focus on ourselves. Everything that happens to us, we attribute it to ourselves. Meri rai, mera khyal, mera hisab, mera mizaj, 
मेरा रुझान मीन्स इन इंग्लिश माई अंडरस्टैंडिंग माई फीलिंग माई प्रेफरेंस माई अचीवमेंट माई अकम्पलिशमेंट माई सक्सेस माई अटेनमेंट एवरी थिंग वी एट्रीब्यूट टू आर सेल्फ अर्ली बिलीवर्स एंड मुतकीन सालहीन उलियामिन दे एट्रीब्यूट एवरी थिंग टू अल्लाह एवरी थिंग दैट हैपन्स टू दैम दे से केम फ्रॉम अल्लाह नॉट जस्ट लिप सर्विस दे रीली फील लाइक दैट दे रीली लिव देर लाइफ लाइक दैट my success. I graduated. I studied. I went for forty days. I made the zikr. They don't talk like that. <laughs> they can never talk like that. But I, I, I. They can't talk like that. So if it comes to I am nothing, as Allah Taala said in the very first line, Alhamdulillah. All praises are for Allah Taala. Means Allah Taala is everything. You are nothing. Alhamdulillah. All praise, all praises, praise itself is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have nothing praiseworthy in us. If there's anything we did that Allah ta'ala finds praiseworthy, it's only from the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's only because Allah ta'ala gave us those sifat, that attribute, that tawfiq, that same Allah ta'ala who gave it to us, that same Allah ta'ala can take it back. There's nothing that's intrinsic to us, inherent in us. No. It was just a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fazl and karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The inayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's all it was. So the early believers and muttaqeen, salihin, awliya, mu'mineen, they understand this. They understand that it's not in me, it's just from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything bad happens to them, they okay, they understand it's Allah ta'ala is doing this. We, if something bad happens, we move immediately to strategy. We move immediately to planning. What can I do? How can I get out of this? The principals are treating me like this. The teachers are treating me like this. My colleagues said this. The other businessmen said that. My friends said this. Neighbors said that. Other committee members said this. Immediately we go into full planning and strategy mode. They would say, okay, Allah Ta'ala made that person say that to me. Allah Ta'ala wants to see me in this difficulty. Allah Ta'ala is protesting me in this hardship. How can I turn to Allah Ta'ala? How can I win Allah Ta'ala over? How can I patch up with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How can I make up with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah ta'ala takes me out of this? We, how can I get myself out of this? What can I do to get myself out of this? That's how we think. They used to think, what can I do so that Allah ta'ala will get me out of this? It's a difference. <laughs> it's a big difference. And you'll see the people who try to do, what can I do to get myself out of this? They will be struggling. They will be stumbling. They will not always be able to get out of it. But if you take that attitude that what can I do means what istighfar, what ibadah, what can I do so that Allah Ta'ala takes me out of it, a person will get out every time. Every single time. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, Allahu will yul ladhina amanu yukhrijuhum min al-zulumati ila nur Allah Ta'ala is the wali of those who believe. Allah Ta'ala takes them out from zulumat into nur. Allah Ta'ala will take them out. So they knew that. <laughs> they recited it. We recited it. The difference is they felt it. Our relationship with Quran is just recitation. That's it. Maybe memorization. Their relationship with Quran, they understood Quran, they followed Quran, they felt Quran, they became Quran. Just the difference between us and them. Our relationship with Quran, we may be recitation of Quran, maybe memorization of Quran. The best of us may be translation of Quran. Their relationship with Quran, 
They understood Qur'an, they followed Qur'an, they felt Qur'an, they lived Qur'an, they became Qur'an. Everything they did was according to Qur'an. Their feelings were Qur'an. Big difference between us and them. Even in our deen, big difference between us and them. How do we overwhelm this difference, overcome this difference? That's called tazkiyah. Tazkiyah is that effort that brings us back to the way we were supposed to be. And all of those things we mentioned, all of that is accomplished by tazkiyah. By purifying our heart from all these unlawful feelings, purifying our heart through the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keeping the company soba of mashayikh. This is not some branch. This is not a branch. This is deen. It's ayn deen. Kal aflaha man tazakka. Kal aflaha man zakkaha. Wa yuzakkihim. Walakin allaha yuzakki man yasha. And only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah will let and do tazkiyah. Man yasha of whomsoever he wants. Whomsoever he wants. So our effort and our zikr is so that Allah Ta'ala wants to make tazkiyah of us. Look, when you make zikr, your zikr won't do tazkiyah of you. What can our zikr do? And look how little zikr we do. Compare our sins and our ghaflat to our zikr. Have you ever seen that if you just pour water on some dirty clothing, the water will become clean? No. You need soap and you need to wring it. Otherwise the clothing won't become clean. But our zikr does make one thing happen. Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ That, O oh my slave, you make zikr of me, I, Allah, will make zikr of you. When Allah Ta'ala makes zikr of us, وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهُ يُزَكِّ مَنْ يَشَاءُ Then Allah Ta'ala makes tazki of us. So don't think zikr is optional. If you miss your zikr, it's not that you missed your zikr of Allah. If you don't make zikr, you're missing Allah Ta'ala's zikr of you. Is that optional for you? That Allah Ta'ala does zikr of me, it's okay, I can go without that. Look at your life, you will see what type of life you're leading by going without that. Life of nifaq, life of durangi, life of coming in masjid but sitting outside. That's the type of life we're living. This zikr. قَدْ أَفْلَهَ مَنْ we have to make the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our mashayikh, they teach one particular way of making zikr. That's called zikr kalbi. One particular way of making zikr is called zikr kalbi. Now yes, there's other ways of making zikr called zikr lisani. So let me open this up to you very clearly. Very clearly. This we plan to do every night, inshallah, in UK. Hmm? Now, when you make zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, two things are supposed to happen. The first thing that happens is you get the ajr sawab for that zikr. means it will be written in your book of deeds that you did so much zikr. Second thing that's supposed to happen is you're supposed to get tazkiyah and qurb. That zikr is supposed to fix you. That zikr is supposed to change you. That zikr is supposed to purify you. Tazkiyah and kurub, that zikr is supposed to make you closer to Allah Ta'ala. Have more love for Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. Now the problem is, is that if you only make zikr with your tongue, you will only get the first thing. You keep making zikr with your tongue, rolling through the tasbih, 
without being aware of the meaning, without feeling the feelings, then you will get written in your book of deeds, whatever that zikr is. But you won't get the tazkiyah and qurb. You won't change. Biggest example for you is salah. So what has salah become for us? Allah Ta'ala said in Qur'an, وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةِ لِذِكْرِ That establish salah for my zikr. Allah Ta'ala meant with your heart. Our problem is that the only zikr we do in salah is with our tongue. So yes, we recite Surah Fatiha. Yes, we recite Subhanu Rabbil Adim. Yes, we recite Subhanu Rabbil Allah. But we don't feel anything in salah. Feel nothing. Hmm? So we will get there. Ajr Sawab for salah. It will be written that we did such and such salah. But our salah is not fixing us. Neither do we get taskir from that salah. Nor do we get taskir or kul from that salah. So if it's true for salah, it's true for any other zikr lisani you do. Once we were sitting with our shaykh, Hazrat Dawah Barakatum Al-Aliyah, and one person, he came, and he told Hazrat that I recite thousand times Dhrut Sharif every day. Thousand. And then he said, few sins that he was doing. He chose to talk in front of me, I was also sitting there. So then Hazrat explained to him some things to help him get out of that sin, and then he left. But I was shaken up, so I asked, I said, Hazrat is reciting one thousand Dhrut? 1,000 dirham. And then he said, he's doing that sin. How is it possible? How is it possible? So the Hazrat said that actually he's reciting it with his tongue, but he has no feelings in his heart when he recites it. Otherwise, if he had recited Dirut Sharif even once, but with a heart that was <coughs> dripping with feeling for the Prophet ﷺ, that one Dirut Sharif would have been enough for his taskiyah. One other time I sat with Hazrat Shaykh, a shaykh came to my shaykh and his own shaykh had passed away and he came to Azaji and he also chose to talk in front of me hmm? and he said that his shaykh first told him to recite 100 times Zerud Shreif then I don't know what it was 300, 700, then 1000 then few thousand, then all up to 10,000 all up to 10,000 he said that's it he's been with his shaykh for years and his shaykh just kept increasing the number of Zerud Shreif he recited and then he also Allahu said he had some problems. <laughs> he said he had some problems. Hmm? So then I remember that other incident. And I heard that this is why. Because people are making zikr with their tongue, but they don't feel anything in their heart. So it's not like that, that you just roll the tasbih like that. Unless you feel it from your heart. Yes, it's better than being ghafil. So that's why sometimes Mishak, they tell people, always try to do zikr with your tongue. Because they're trying to save you from the sins of the tongue. They're hoping that by reciting it on your tongue, one day will enter your heart. But actually our problem is, <laughs> we can say thousands of tasbihat for ten years and it still doesn't enter our heart. Because it becomes an adat, it becomes a habit. You're just rolling through the beads, rolling through the words. Why? reason is simple, that your heart doesn't have the zarf. It's not possible for you at your level to feel that feeling of zikr 1,000 times. You're not at that level. You know what a level of consciousness it takes that if you say, La ilaha illallah, and to feel it, if you say it 1,000 times, it takes a lot of... That's a very muttaki person who can 1,000 times say it and 1,000 times actually feel that I negate everything and only Allah is my ma'bud. And he can feel it with their heart. That requires a certain what we call zarf. You understand zarf? That requires certain capacity, certain ability in your heart. And you don't have that. You're not capable of doing it. It's not your fault. You're not capable of doing it. 
You may feel it one, two times and then that's it. The rest you can only say it with your tongue. That's the best you can do. Because your heart doesn't have the strength yet. So that's why our Mashaik, they teach a particular type of zikr. That's called zikr kalbi. That's called zikr kalbi. Now I know, alhamdulillah, because there are many Mashaik who reside here and come here. Almost every one of you have participated in it. But I don't think you've really understood what it is. I want to open up for you what the zikr kalbi is. So you understand. Not just you think it's something that, okay, sometimes shaykh comes and we turn the lights off and we do zikr. I say, nay, <laughs> you need to understand what it is. You need to understand this is a very potent thing. This is a very powerful cure. This is a way of doing tazkiyah. This zikr kalbi. Because the problem lies in our heart. So the zikr kalbi is a direct injection into the heart. It's the most potent, most effective zikr for somebody who's suffering from ghaflat or sin. Most potent. Shaykh al-Hadith, Mawlana Muhammad Zakariya, in his Fazail al-Mal, in Fazail al-Zikr, has himself narrated the hadith of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Zikr al-Khafi is 70 times more effective, 70 times more abzal than Zikr al 70 times. Hmm? Imagine if I told you I'll give you 70 times your salary. Then you listen attentively. I said, in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to tell you that how you can make 70 times more money. Allah Akbar. Hazar Bash. Huh? so much Hazar Bash. You'll be, <laughs> you'll become alert and attentive. Alert and attentive. So this silent zikr, zikr kalbi, because Allah Ta'ala mentions in Quran, wadkur rabbaka fi nafsik, not bilisanik, wadkur rabbaka fi nafsik, Make zikr of your rub inside yourself. Inside yourself. That's your button. What's inside you is your ruh. That's what's inside us is our ruh. Which part of the ruh does zikr? Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul kulub. The kalb makes zikr. So that's why the great ulama of tafsir, they would write here, A fi kalbik. That make zikr of Allah Ta'ala in with your kalb. So this kalbi zikr is mentioned by Allah Ta'ala in Quran. Its virtue is mentioned by Nabi Kareem sallallahu in hadith. So what is this kalbi zikr? So there are two ways to do zikr kalbi. Two ways. One is the way you will do zikr kalbi when you are busy. And the second way is the way you will do zikr kalbi when you are free. What does this mean? Well, every second of your life you are either busy or you are free. Right? So it means actually this path of zikr kalbi is a way to do zikr all the time. Like Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, رِجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْءٌ أَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ That these people, neither tijara or baya, trade, buying, selling, it cannot distract them from the zikr of Allah. So it's not zikr lisani. Because when somebody is in trade and business, you will see, they're buying, selling, negotiating, placing orders, directing orders. Their tongue is doing the baya and tijara. Their tongue is busy. So the zikr Allah Ta'ala is telling us to do in Quran is kalbi. Is zikr of our heart? Zikr of our heart? Okay. So first way, how to make zikr kalbi when you are busy. So all you have to do is while working, while in the shop, when shopping, while driving, while sitting with family, when meeting, interacting, at that time you have to make zikr kalbi. How? You just make niyyah. That's it. You will just make intention that my kalb, my heart is remembering Allah. That's it. 
So what does it mean? You walk into office, make this intention, I'm going to be in shop for the next three hours. I will be at shop. Ya Allah, make me and my heart is remembering you. I'm about to go into the Aster for shopping. Ya Allah, I will be shopping. My heart is remembering you. I'm about to sit and meet these people. I will be in meeting. Ya Allah, my heart is remembering you. All the time you make this niyyah that my heart is remembering Allah. Even when you sleep, I'm about to sleep. Ya Allah, my heart will be remembering you. Yes, because you see when you sleep, your physical heart keeps beating. Your physical heart doesn't stop. So why do you think your spiritual heart should stop? Can you imagine even if you had just made this niyyah up till now in your life, every time you slept at Yala, my heart is remembering you, you would have had six hours of zikr written in your bidis. This is how close it was to you. And you let it slip away. إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ Nabi Kareem Sallallahu told us this for a reason. لِكُلِّ إِمْرِئٍ مَا نَوَى Every person will have what they intend. Why is it so easy? Now I will tell you why. So if somebody who has perfect vision says, how do I look? How do I see? Right? How do I see? What would I tell them? I said, just look and you will see. If somebody who is hearing is fine, if they say, how do I hear? I will say, just listen and you will hear. Just why? Because the function of the eyes is to see. Look and you will see. The function of the ears is to hear. Listen and you will hear. The function of the kalm of a mu'min is to do zikr of Allah Ta'ala. You just make niyyah and it will make zikr. That's it. It's that simple. So the first way to do the zikr al is, but you have to constantly make this intention and you should try to be aware of this intention. So sometimes we explain it in this way, remind your heart to remember Allah. We can even explain it this way, remind your heart about Allah Ta'ala. Even that zikr. Sometimes even we are so ghafil, so heedless, so forgetful, we even forgot Allah Ta'ala exists. Yes, we're so busy at work, we actually spend few hours of our life, but we were so exclusively focused on dunya and makhluk, that we even forgot Allah Ta'ala entirely. This is called ghafla. And Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ And don't you dare ever forget Allah. Don't you dare let yourself be amongst those people who forget Allah. So you have to remind your heart about Allah Ta'ala, even reminding your heart just that Allah Ta'ala is. Wujud bari Ta'ala, that's also zikr. But why not do more? Remind your heart that Allah Ta'ala is Al-Kareem. You see, one is to have aqidah, Allah Ta'ala is Al-Kareem. One is to feel Allah is Kareem with me. That's called zikr. One is aqidah, Allah is Kareem. One is yakin, Allah is Kareem with me. You open up the fridge, you see so many things to eat. Allah's Kareem with me. Feel it. You walk into your home, you have a nice home. Feel it. Allah's Kareem with me. If you have children, you look at your children. Allah's Kareem with me. Every second you should feel that Allah Ta'ala is Kareem. <coughs> Not Allah Ta'ala is Al-Kareem, but Allah is Kareem with me. I'm drowning in the karam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should have to feel it more. Allah Ta'ala is As-Sami'a. He's hearing. Every time you speak, remember, remind your heart about Allah Ta'ala, that He's As-Sami'a. First remember that He's listening, then speak. Then see how you change your tone. Hmm? Then see how your tongue comes under control. Some of the elderly have this problem, they have a sharp tongue. They get angry. They scold people. Huh? This is not allowed in deen. There's nothing to do. Your age does not allow you to do this. Allah Ta'ala's As-Sami'a is all listening. He's all hearing. You must all the way till the end, 60s, 70s, and 80s, 
follow the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu and Nabi Kareem sallallahu was gentle and kind in his tongue. You are responsible, liable for everything you say. So first remember Allah Ta'ala's hearing and then speak. Remember Allah Ta'ala's al-basir, He's looking. Then you do something. Remember that He's watching you. Then you do something. He's al-khabir, He's aware of what I feel. He's al-alim, He knows everything about me. Remind your heart about Allah Ta'ala. Why did Allah Ta'ala tell us these things? Allah Ta'ala told us these things, not just to make our kids memorize Asmaul Husna poem. Allah Ta'ala told us these kings to feel it. Allah Ta'ala told us his Asmaul Husna so that we would remember it all the time. Keep reminding your heart about Allah Ta'ala. For example, for inni kareeb. Allah Ta'ala says, I'm kareeb. So walk all day, spend your day in business like that. Allah Ta'ala kareeb with me. Try to feel it. Try to feel it. So this is the first way to do zikr kalbi when you're busy. For mashaykh, they call this wakuf kalbi. Wakuf comes from wakaf, it means to pause. The wakuf kalbi, dil ko Allah Ta'ala ki yaad per tirana. Dil ko Allah Ta'ala ki yaad per jamana. Means in English that you fixate, your heart gets fixated on the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Your heart gets stuck on the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. La tulhihim. Nothing can shake you from that zikr. Second way to make zikr kalbi is how to make zikr kalbi when you're free. So of all your free time that you have every day, we will just start with 10, 15, 20 minutes. If you have more strength, do this for 20 minutes a day. Medium strength, do it for 15 minutes a day. And if you're lazy and weak strength, try to do it for at least 10 minutes a day. What is this? So Allah Ta'ala said in Quran Himself, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ That when you become free, فَانْسَبْ Become firm and steadfast, have resolve. Why? Because when you're free, dunya will try to attract you towards it. Makhluk, creation will try to attract you towards it. When you're free, shaitan will whisper in your ear. When you're free, your nafs will remember its pleasures. Will try to get you engaged in leisure, in pleasure, in recreation, in entertainment. So Allah said in Quran, فَإِذَا فَلَغْتَ فَانْسَبْ When you're free, فَانْسَبْ becomes steadfast. So, Ya Allah, what do you want me to do? If you don't want me to go for leisure, pleasure, recreation, entertainment, what should I do when you're free? Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ Turn in yearning towards me. When you're free, turn to me. Simple English transition. When you're free, turn to me. When you're free, show me you are missing me. When you're free, show me that all the time you were busy, actually you were missing me. So you had to do that when you were busy. That was the first zikr kalbi I told you. You were busy, but inside missing Allah Ta'ala. When you're free, show me you were missing Allah. Show Allah Ta'ala you were missing Him. وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ Turn to Him in ragba, in yearning, longing. So how will you do this? You will sit for 10, 15, 20 minutes and you will make near that you want to do a special zikr. Special zikr means what? That now you want to remember Allah Ta'ala. Now you're free. Before you're remembering Allah Ta'ala and doing something else also. Now you want to remember Allah Ta'ala only. Remember Allah Ta'ala exclusively. Remember Allah Ta'ala and forget everything else in the world. This is another type of zikr kalbi. In Arabic this is called muraqaba. Muraqaba because Allah Ta'ala said in Quran, Kana alaykum raqiba. Allah Ta'ala's raqib. Raqib means Allah Ta'ala's intensely vigilant, extremely watchful and aware. Muraqaba means to make it two-way. Okay Allah Ta'ala, I want to also spend a few minutes of my life where I'm only aware of you. 
I'm also watchful of my heart and making it vigilant towards you. So you sit with that niyyah. Now, which zikr will your heart make? Very simple, what we said here. وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ said in Quran, وَذْكُرْ isma rabbik. Make zikr of the name of your Rabb. The name of our Rabb is Allah. So here you will just make niyyah that my kalb is making zikr Allah, Allah, Allah. That's it. You will sit for 10, 15, 20 minutes with this intention that my kalb is making zikr of Allah's name. You will say nothing with your tongue. You will think nothing with your mind. You will just make niyyah that my kalb, my spiritual heart, just like your whole ruh is inside your whole body, the heart of ruh is inside the heart of your body, your kalb is here, left of center. And you will sit and make this niyyah that my kalb is making zikr, Allah, Allah, Allah. Now you won't feel anything in the beginning. You will have to do this for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day for 3, 4 weeks to clutter, unclutter the heart, to get tuned to your kalb, to get the feel of it. Then once you do it for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day for 3, 4 weeks, then you will start to feel zikr. Zikr means you will actually feel that yes, I forgot everything and I was only aware of Allah Ta'ala. I forgot everything and I was only remembering Allah SWT. Then when your heart is able to get that ability to forget the world and remember Allah, then when you pray salah, waqim salat al-dhikri. Now the salah will be heartfelt. Now that missing ingredient in salah, which was zikr kalbi, now that will be inside your salah. So these two ways of making zikr. So kal aflaha man tazakka that person does tazkiyah and they make dhikr of the name of their Rabb, fasallah, and then you start praying, then you will see, inshallah, what the feelings of iman are, what the feelings of deen are, then inshallah we will be on our way to doing our tazkiyah. Alhamdulillah, we always remind you, because we always remember when we sit in this masjid, that great wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Hazrat Mulana Isma Wadi Wala Nakshabandi Mujaddadi Rahimahullahu Ta'ala Wa Nawar Allahu Markadahu He was a living example of this Zikr Kalbi. He was living example of this Muraqaba. He was the Khalifatul Majaz of Hazrat Khwaza Ghulam Habib Ramtalai. He spent time despite all of his ilm and his taqwa that all of you saw for yourself. Still he went for the Zikr Kalbi. He wanted to learn the Zikr Kalbi. He got the nur of the Zikr Kalbi in his heart. So this is a warasat, this is a legacy for you to get this zikr kalbi. You must practice this zikr kalbi all the time remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're busy and whenever you're free you sit for 10, 15, 20 minutes and making the zikr of Allah, Allah in your heart. This is a good path for tazkiyah. We have seen this path work for thousands of people. Thousands, literally I'm saying thousands of people were able to do their tazkiyah through this path of zikr kalbi. You should make this effort. You should learn the zikr. May Allah Ta'ala accept us to make us amongst his zakirin. May Allah Ta'ala accept us to do his, and do his tazkiyah of us. Wa akhir da'wana. Anilhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.